Welcome to Sky's the Limit with your host, yours truly, Sky Estroff. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Sky's the Limit podcast. Today's conversation is with the owner of JMF Communications, Jason Feldman. Jason and I have had a lot of life parallels. We've had a lot of mutual friends. We started our jobs and businesses at the same time. We just have so much in common. We figured we might as well blurt it all out on a podcast and talk it through. Jason is super accomplished and has so much to say about his career and insights in the space. So listen up. This is bound to be a lot of fun. Thank you for joining me on today's episode, Jason. Welcome. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. And I have to admit that I secretly wanted you to ask me to be a guest for so long. Really? (laughs) (laughs) And I kept telling myself every time we would get together, don't ask her to put you on the podcast. Just let it come naturally. It'll happen. It'll happen. Um, Because I just love everything that you're doing. And I was like, my goal for 2024 is to get on Sky's the Limit. Shut the hell. So I put it out into the universe. And here we are in January, the first month of 2024. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. You're manifesting so early in the year. Look at that. that. Also, thank you. That's the most flattering thing I've ever heard. And I... I it's a weird two way street because I don't want to ask people because I don't want to be like up in their business or like, mm-hmm. you know, asking everybody I want to talk to is busy and has a lot going on. So I don't want to make anybody feel pressure and especially somebody who I'm also friends with. I don't want to be like you have to do. I don't want to guilt anybody into it. No, I get that. What I, what I love about this is that I feel like we're sitting at Daily Chew having one of our regular yes. conversations <laughs> and it's just being recorded. <laughs> so there might be a little shit talking. There yes. might be a little venting. There might be a little uh, patting on the back and, mm-hmm. and checking in on each other. But now the world gets to hear it, I guess. <laughs> yes, it would be great if we could have it at Daily Chew because, yes. I mean, Lord knows we don't eat enough of it. We only have it maybe five times a week maybe, maybe uh, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of embarrassing how much we're there like I was there the other week I had some time in between meetings or in my house was being um I, somebody was at my house and so I couldn't go home and then I was like whatever I'll just go to daily chew and then I end up saying hi to everybody in there I'm like please don't even acknowledge me I've been here too frequently mm-hmm. it's too much well it's you know it's kind of like perk place and friends where yes you go because it's you know it's cozy it's convenient mm-hmm. and but the problem is is that you see everybody yeah. you know so you bring your laptop and then you end up talking for two hours um which is well worth it obviously right but um but then you don't get any work done. Uh, yeah you especially you have given yourself a really choice place in the restaurant like i've seen you sit at that front bar toward the front window on the end with your laptop and i'm like you know what's going to happen. Zero work. You're only going to hug every single person that walks in. So you're doing it to yourself. No offense. Yeah. I think I manifest it as well. (laughs) Um, I mean, full disclosure, Daily Chew is my client. So um, I have to show face at least five times a week. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But it's worth it. Oh, absolutely. Favorite restaurant on the blog. Um, Favorite restaurant in Atlanta. Mm -hmm. I talk about it too much too. It's just the fangirling has got to subside in some sort of way when you when you find that place or you find those places with with especially in atlanta with like food and beverage places as Mm -hmm. you know and you know they they have a their staples yeah they remain open (laughs) which is rare these days you Mm -hmm. gotta continue to go and support them because 
small businesses these days, as we both know yeah. in our field, but especially in food and beverage, it's hard. Yeah. I mean, things are expensive, like paying people living wages and, and just creating a environment for customers that's, that's worthwhile. I mean, you talked about it in a previous episode about tipping. Oh my that gosh. That was the other thing. I listened to that episode. Wow. Thank you. Somebody's <laughs> sucking <episode>. up today. <laughs> no, but I, I really, really, really appreciate you listening. But I, I do think that it's important and something that I want to share and what is so helpful in these conversations is there is that disconnect between somebody like us who's knee deep in the industry and knows what it takes to get a plate of food to your table and why the cost can be so seemingly high Mm. to that customer. But to the average individual, it's just, it's baffling to see these prices so high and not knowing why we are where we are. But it's like, okay, well, the cost of labor is high. The cost of food is high. There's so many other like layers to it. So many layers. And yeah, I think the regular consumer just isn't, um, you know, they, they plugged don't, in, they're not plugged. Yeah. They're not yeah. plugged in or they don't have the knowledge base behind what that looks like to have a full understanding of it. And, and nor should they really, I mean, that's not their life, right? Yeah. Like they're busy with their own lives, but it is so layered to your point and mm-hmm. there's so many things that go into it. So small business owners, whether you're in food and beverage or PR and comms, marketing, et cetera, it, it has, it has a lot of pros. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And there's a lot of cons. (laughs) (laughs) Literally the crux of our businesses. Uh And like off mic conversations. Yeah, I know. I have some (laughs) questions for you that are probably going to be off the record because they have specifics in them. But (laughs) just to get you warmed up and started, Jason, and since you've listened to a couple episodes of the podcast, you may realize that there's a little commonality in my recent um, episodes where I do a little warm up or a couple questions. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to get you with trivia, which I did to my <laughs> friend in the tipping culture with Kara. Mm-hmm. I just felt like whipping out some trivia cards for her and putting her yeah. on the spot because Kara's on their feet. Yeah. Kara yeah. and Kara knows so much about food too. I was just like, let me see what I can do here. But, um, but for you, I just want to ask more about you on that note. I'm going to leave you with a couple rapid fire questions. Love that. So because you wake up at 530 in the morning, are you a breakfast person? Yes or no? I love breakfast. I, I have to have breakfast. Go Is this rapid, breakfast? like rapid question where I have to a- answer rapidly too? Yeah. Okay. It's just first <laughs> yes, thing that comes to your breakfast. mind. We, we're not going to take a five minute pause. <laughs> I, <laughs> breakfast. Yes. Breakfast person. Ice Americano, scrambled eggs, bagel. Ice Americano times three, you mean? Times three. <laughs> yeah, that sounds great. Okay, and then your standard coffee order, as we know, is the is the iced Americano. You don't yep. put oat milk. You don't put sugar. You iced don't Americano put... with a tiny splash of almond milk, and that's that's it. Tiny splash. Don't tiny forget splash. it. Exactly. Okay. Uh, what is your bagel order? Uh, everything bagel with scallion cream cheese. Favorite bagel place? Oh, okay. So B&B Bagels, yeah. which is in Alpharetta. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, so good. But then if you're looking closer into Midtown area, um, Brooklyn. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, Brooklyn yeah. Brooklyn Bagel. Brooklyn Bagel. Mm-hmm. Brooklyn mm-hmm. Bagel, yeah. Love it. And Ansley Shopping Center. Yep. Love that place. I actually 
you know it's low when I go into my freezer and I always have a dozen bagels in the freezer because duh, Frozen. yeah, I only have one left and <sighs> it's just it's time to re up. Okay, I didn't know that other people do that too. So <laughs> not into the void. So glad to know that that's not like some weird thing that I do as well. Honestly, <laughs> I think we need to have a post secret kind of situation where we just talk about all these things. Is this weird or uh-huh. do we both do them? Oh my god, that's I love one that. of them. I always do. <laughs> um, yeah, have a half a bagel in there right now and I'm like, this is alarming. Oh, this is a problem. So this is er and it is pr (laughs) it's a problem um okay any food aversions um yeah mint can't stand it everything mint so like mint the herb mint toothpaste i i have um chiclophobia it's the fear of gum our (gasps) mutual friend jenna misrach also has chiclophobia (laughs) did did one of you get it from each other or did you just find out that you're kindred spirits in that way i would say i had it first and she'll probably say that's a lie but um she's terrified i know we both are like even the wrapper that comes off of a uh like a gum package i will i will have a heart attack it's a, it's a real phobia, but so mint, anything like mint related, can't do it. Awful. What flavor toothpaste do you use? Not mint. It's just like a... Like fruit um, or something? You know, Tom's, it's, a, it's like yeah. an organic brand. Yeah. They just have like a, I think it's orange or it's some sort of non-mint. <laughs> um, wow. And that's, that's what I go with. Yeah. Wow. This is the deep dive that I was looking for. That's This wild. is the hard hitting stuff. Yes. Dang. Salacious. Okay. <laughs> My last question's boring. Um, TikTok or Reels? Um, I don't have TikTok because it affects my mental health very negatively, and mm-hmm. there's a lot of disinformation on TikTok. Correct. And so I advise everybody to think twice before you use it or view it. Mm-hmm. So Instagram Reels is probably just as bad, but <laughs> yeah. it's what's on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. You did great with this rapid-fire take. And I will say a little pro tip on the side with TikTok is my feed is an algorithm is so curated into just funny stuff, food stuff, fashion stuff. Mm. I don't read any comments. If anything looks any like smidge of political on there, I swipe so fast and it just doesn't come on my feed. It can't clock it for you. It doesn't clock it. I mean, it is less than a millisecond. So my feed is like very, it's pristine. It's great. Just swipe fast to all that bullshit out there. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want a dentist that actually spends time getting to know you and your needs? A practice that not only provides regular cleanings, but also excels in straightening teeth, replacing missing teeth, and helping highly anxious patients? Peach Dental is a family-owned practice that does just that. If you're looking for an elevated dental experience, join me at Peach Dental. It's where I go to keep my teeth healthy. Dr. Resnick is offering a special discount for Sky's the Limit listeners. Get 15% off teeth whitening and a 10% discount off of their office membership plan. Visit peachdentalatl.com to learn more and book your appointment. Again, that's peachdentalatl.com. Thank you to award-winning Atlanta realtor Jenna Misrach of Keller Williams Peachtree Road for sponsoring this episode of Sky's the Limit podcast and furnishing the Keller Williams podcast studio. If you're looking to buy or sell a home or just want to have a conversation about what's going on in this market, connect with Jenna. She was my realtor and I wouldn't have the house that I have without her support and help. She's amazing and I can't say enough good things about her. DM her through Instagram. That's the best place to reach her at Jen Miesroch. That's at J-E-N-N-M-E-A-S-R-O-C-H. It's hard to even intro you without saying that 
if you live in Atlanta, you know Jason. If you <laughs> live in the United States of America, you know Jason. Like, Jason is the Kevin Bacon of this, like the other Kevin Bacon of the six degrees of separation. Everybody knows Jason. Jason is that guy. Like, he is that person. So um, we just need to know more about who you are because everybody knows your face and your name, but we need to know more about you. Well, I really appreciate that. That's very sweet. Um, I... Um you know, I think it's just a product of a couple things. Mm -hmm. um, one being immense anxiety, which makes me <laughs> heard <laughs> on that. Yeah. Want to be involved in absolutely every part of yeah. everything that's happening to an extent um, in Atlanta, mm -hmm. whether it's business or social or what have you. People with anxiety will understand yeah. what that feels yeah. like. Um, but you know, I think. When I moved back to Atlanta from New York, um, after I went to school in Boston at Boston University, yeah. and I majored specifically, I went there for a major in public relations. So mm -hmm. what's cool about BU is it's not just mass communications, but it's actually public relations. Yes. Um, so I always kind of had a, an, uh, a feeling that I wanted to be in that space, more behind the scenes, more in that kind of development production space rather than cool. in front of the camera. Um, which led me there. Mm -hmm. And then, um, you know, after stints in Boston and New York at, in agency life and everything you hear about agency life in New York is true and, and great and awful at the same time. Yeah. Um, when I moved back to Atlanta, it was interesting because I grew up here, mm -hmm. but I came back eight, nine years later to a completely different city in the best way possible. Um, you know, I think, and you probably experienced this as well, which mm -hmm. is you have a lot of your core friends that have moved back kind of around the same time, but you also need to figure out how to create your own life outside of, you know, what was, what once was. Yes. Um, especially when you're trying to start a business or create something for yourself, which is. It's different. It's different. And that's the situation that I was in coming back from New York. So, um, you know, I think a lot of it is just it was just being open to meeting new people and kind of taking the dive and knowing that I was going to work my ass off for mm -hmm. the next 10, 15, 20 years of my life what a to commitment. build something, <laughs> <laughs> which isn't for everybody, yes. which isn't for everybody. And that's totally fine. Like it's not. for me, I can't imagine being in a corporate nine to five, mm. um, because my mind doesn't work like that. Right. Um, you know, I, my mind moves from thought to thought. So building an agency, working with different people, going to an event and then going to a press conference and then, you know, meeting someone for client dinner, whatever it yeah. is. Um, it's just a different lifestyle. You don't do the ritualistic schedule. You're kind of all over the place depending on what your client's needs like, are. I, I wish I could have a ritual yeah. ritualistic schedule. Yeah. I wish I could wake up at 5.30 a.m. every single morning, go to the gym. You don't? I thought you well, did. I, 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 I feel like you're just such an early bird in my mind, but maybe that's just No, I am. I am up I at like 5, you. 5.30, and um, that usually does start with the gym just yeah. because I, I feel like I can't – mentally I can't like lock in until I sweat a little bit and then have – my brash coffee. <laughs> um, Hot or iced? Iced. Always iced. It's, yeah. I, I mean, in true gay fashion. Um, <laughs> it's always iced coffee uh, year round. Um, and now I'm on to iced Americanos, which is has been my downfall because now I'm addicted to that much caffeine. So, um, What's the caffeine difference oh between my God. drip and Americano? Well, 
with an iced Americana, you have about four to five espresso shots versus... What? (laughs) And right now I'm charting about three a day. It's bad. It's it's not healthy. This is an intervention. (laughs) I'm sorry. What? Yeah. Full disclosure, though, I'm in addition to my agency, I am a managing partner at Brash Coffee. Yeah. So I view it as supporting. You are supporting the business that I'm involved in uh, multiple times a day. Um, I also am not good at math, but does that mean you're having like 12 shots of espresso? Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> that's that's where and, I'm getting a little tripped up right And now. it's not like Starbucks espresso. It is No, it's premium. Premium espresso. Yeah. Um, so it's it's intensive. But um, but I guess it keeps me It helps you <laughs> stay awake at that hour. Yeah, exactly. But um, but yeah, I guess, you know, I, I again, that accolade is very sweet of you and I appreciate it but mm-hmm. I, I think it really has just come down to I've kept myself open to a lot of experiences yeah. and being open to building relationships um, with a lot of different types of work I've been on a lot of boards through you know the city of Atlanta and working on the mayor's uh, LGBTQ advisory board and on the board for Outfront Theater in West Midtown and the Alliance Theater I'm very involved in arts and entertainment my, mm-hmm. my mom has worked at the Alliance Theater for going on 35 years and I grew up in arts so um, I think that has a lot to do too with just kind of being more proactive and out in the community but um, but it's served me nicely and well and um, I guess it just comes down to um, enjoying building relationships yeah with people um, whether they're clients whether they're colleagues or whether they're you know someone on the street that you just meet by passing by and having a conversation it's just been keeping open to having those experiences um Mm -hmm. that i think has been the most beneficial i think that's how we identify with each other the most too is that we're Mm -hmm. both relationship driven people and i for me i think that's what's guided me starting my own business and it sounds like that's an overlap for you too of you get to select which relationships you're prioritizing and investing in and working with and growing and it's nice to be able to have your autonomy in that. Totally. And I think we've talked about this a little bit also, which mm-hmm. is, you know, you don't have that luxury at first, um, especially when you're starting to build a business because yeah. you kind of take what you can get <laughs> yes. um, at whatever rate is offered. Very true. Yep. <laughs> and you make it work. Yeah. Uh, whether it's between one client or three clients or five clients. But then as you build and you get to a certain point and you start understanding your worth not only as an individual, but as a business owner and the service that you provide, mm-hmm. um, you know, you get to make more of that transition, um, which you just brought up and really kind of evaluate and understand the relationships um, that are worth the time, effort, and um, really investing in Yeah, um, for long-term growth and success, both again, professionally and personally. But that takes a while to get to. I mean, it I does. would say we're still, if you think about it, you know, I've, I'm going on year six okay. of did owning you, what, an agency. What year did you start? Oh, see, I'm bad at math. So let's see. I know. Right. Uh, 2007. Nope. 2000. <laughs> 2007. We're a hundred years old. I want to say 2018. Okay. That sounds right. Okay. So you, you started a year before me or a few months before me. Okay. I started summer of 2019. Got it. But we were both still like right before the pandemic. So talk about. Oh, my God. I forgot about that. Hey, I I was like (laughs) looking at some entries of stuff that I wrote down around that time. Mm, Good Lord. I'm so glad. You know, 
I, no, I really actually was putting this in per- perspective <laughs> yesterday because I was having an issue with a client and having an issue with communication. It was really lagging me down yesterday. Mm. But I was thinking, well, at least I'm not in a pandemic dealing with this mm-hmm. because that was also another layer to it when that was a whole thing. But, um, yeah, when you start a business, business is business. You you will take what you get yep. and build off of that and hope that you get enough demand that you can start shifting toward the people that you actually, like, want to be working oh, with. Oh, 100%. I mean, to your point, I, and I, I think it's from PTSD that I kind of block out that yeah. the business started right before the pandemic. But, um, and I think you, you may have experienced this also, which was other industries were really hurting obviously Mm -hmm. at the beginning during and you know through the progression of covid but i think that's when a lot of people and companies and businesses realized where they were lacking in certain areas because they couldn't necessarily especially for brick and mortar or those types of businesses Mm -hmm. they don't have that face-to-face interaction anymore they don't have a plan b they don't have a crisis plan they don't have those elements Mm -hmm. um to pivot so they come to people like us because they need to build a social presence. They need, they need public relations. They need earned media. They need to understand how to communicate to a new set of demographics that they never had to reach before. So, I mean, I, I would say luckily and thankfully COVID is when my business actually boomed Mm -hmm. and that I started to retain some larger clients and start to build those relationships, which is not the norm. And I, and I fully realize that. And I know how lucky I am that it, it panned out that way when other people were faltering and, you know, were met with a lot of grief and strife. Um, I just think that in, in the marketplace, a lot of companies finally realized what they were lacking on the PR communications and marketing side. Yeah. So people that were able to really, um, find the way in there and understand how to navigate that space came out performing pretty well and having an established, I'd say business, um, you know, or at least I did. And I think you did too, um, coming out of that period, um, into today. Well, through that, did you kind of determine what is your ideal client? What do you want to be doing more of? How has that shifted for you? Yeah. And it was, it was, a, it was a hard it was a hard thing to come to terms with because I remember the first time that I had to go to a client and, and say, Hey, this has been great, but my rate is now, my rate was X. It's now Y. Yeah. And in some cases it was three times what it, it was initially because go, yes, you advocate for yourself. Well, and also pandemic, you were kind of just taking what they had to offer in terms of rates. So it could be like a low ball, I mean, completely different than what you would accept in this moment in time. Totally. As the market shifted, Mm -hmm. so did, you know, business objectives and goals and, you know, how you had to think about building a successful business. And unfortunately, or fortunately, (laughs) however you look at it, that comes with making sure that the prices or the fees that you're putting out into the world are reflective of what you offer and the results you can drive, but also that you can pay your staff Mm -hmm. and that you can pay them living wages mm-hmm. and that you can give them bonuses, you know, at the end of the year or during the holidays. Um, you know, it's, and, and that really, if you're f- a kind and thoughtful boss uh, like true. you. <laughs> yes. Well, I hope, I hope most, I mean, I know yeah. a lot don't, but my hope is that especially small businesses that a lot of people, especially these days, well, anyone listening, please mm-hmm. keep that in mind. Right. And, you know, at the end of the day, cause if your team isn't successful, if they're not thriving, if they're not feeling supported, 
um, emotionally, Mm -hmm. financially, in the workplace, out of the workplace, then nobody succeeds. And they're going to leave. And they're going to leave. And and especially with this – I don't know if Gen Z is something we want to talk about on this episode. <laughs> you can, you can <laughs> but, talk. Go right ahead. But but basically just, you know, it was back to your, your first question before we go yeah. that route. Um, you know, it was I, – I do remember that time where I had to, like, make that switch. And yeah. cl- some clients were very unhappy and left. Mm-hmm. And that's their right. They're allowed to do that just like I'm allowed to raise my rate. And yeah. at a certain point as a business owner, you understand points of growth and when you have to cut people off and bring new people in, Yeah, both clients and employees. What's a point when you cut people off? I These are questions that I may be asking for myself on behalf of everybody <laughs> else listening to. I think, I think there's a couple things. I think when, I think when personally when you're working with someone like client-wise mm-hmm. and the work becomes stale or it becomes – when it becomes non-challenging for you, yeah. that's a problem. Like, and and it may be, you know, I think everybody has that work where it's, you can just kind of check it off. It's super easy. Uh, I get worried when I get to that space with the client, even if it's a good paycheck, because right. it doesn't, it means I'm not growing. Yeah. I'm not developing as, um, as a service provider, mm-hmm. as a professional, as an agency. And so I have to rethink what that relationship looks like. Yeah. Um, I think from a, a personal standpoint, you know, I think we've all dealt with work situations or with client situations where you can very easily feel disrespected or taken advantage of. Mm-hmm. Again, when you're first starting out, I think that you, I think people let those boundaries slip because they're in a, in a, in a point of desperation almost yeah. because you're trying to build something. And so you take shit and mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. eat shit. And, <laughs> and what's that expression? You have to cut your teeth or something or get I, yeah. your teeth cut on something. Yeah. Cut your teeth. I, I know what you you're know saying. What I mean? Like yeah. that, it's just, it, we glorify like having our own businesses and mm-hmm. it's, it is wonderful. There are a lot of pros, but like you said, from the beginning, there's a lot of cons. So you just have mm-hmm. to take that into consideration that in the beginning, you are going to eat shit a little bit. Oh, 100%. And you should expect to. Yeah. Um, which goes into the Gen Z conversation. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, I think like at, when you get to a certain point and you realize that a client is mistreating you or mistreating staff. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I've been in situations where I've had to cut off clients because they've been we've been fine in our relationship. But mm-hmm. then I find out how they've been talking with employees. And when that happens, yeah. I think you, you have to draw a line somewhere because it also comes down to mutual, mutual respect between you and your staff. Mm-hmm. And if that's not there, then again, you, you, you have, have to have stick up for your staff. hundred percent. Yeah. Like again, a paycheck is important, but if, if you can't have trust within your own team, then the paychecks will stop coming way sooner because you won't be able to create a, a viable business mm-hmm. internally. The, okay. So those are big ones when there isn't respect from the staff or like to your staff from the client and when the work isn't growing or you're not growing with the work anymore, when you're just not learning, it's just kind of, you're checking the box and getting the paycheck. Yeah. 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 Uh, Those those are, and I say that out of probably those are two of the most recent experiences Mm -hmm. because they're very kind of like prominent in my life right now or what I've just kind of gone through. I would say for me, those have been the the major two. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. I, I think they're, yeah. But, I, but again, I will say, you know, it's, it's not everyone has that luxury. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, you know, again, for small businesses, like that's not possible for everybody. 
what I'll say to that is I think you just have to trust your gut. Yes. And I've, I've become a big believer in things will work themselves out. Right. <laughs> um, even if you don't think they will. And my anxiety kicks in when I say that to mm-hmm. myself mm-hmm. and I have to balance the two, you know, right. battling like talking heads on either side of me. Um, because on one side, my anxiety is saying, don't cut that client or you can't lose that, you know, monthly income or whatever it is. While the other is saying, no, like in order to grow, in order to build a successful business, these are the tough decisions that you have to make. So mm-hmm. it almost kind of, you know, in your head, it kind of seems um, backwards. Like, um, I forget what the what the term is, but it seems... Um, counterintuitive. Counterintuitive. Mm-hmm. Thank you. It seems Jinx. counterintuitive. <laughs> Jinx. <laughs> um, it seems counterintuitive, but but when you think about it, you have to, you have to reframe it because it actually... Yeah is a beneficial step long-term and you got to trust your gut to do that. Yeah. And that's a whole practice that probably takes a lifetime too of trusting your gut and learning from those past experiences and getting burned and figuring it out. And well, I think it's like when people say like, Oh, I, I've finally achieved happiness or I can't wait till I finally achieve being happy, which Mm -hmm. is like, that, that never happens. Right. That, that is <laughs> a never false reality. Happy. It's a yeah. false reality. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's, it comes in waves, right? It's a right. roller coaster. Right. It's the same thing with business. Like we're always growing. We're always learning. And if we're not, I mean, or if you don't recognize that you're not, that's, that's something that you should flag for yourself. But um, we're never going to be true masters of what we do ever. Yeah. Everything. I mean, think about social, like it changes every single day and then we have to figure out (laughs) how to manage it differently every single day and then teach our teams how to do it. You know, it's, it's a constant flux of learning and growing and developing. It, uh, It is. And this is why I love having conversations with you because it's these reminders of yes, this is what I tell myself too. And it is not completely off the rails. That is just, no, you're not living in a void by yourself. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. That's, that's sometimes <laughs> how I can feel. And it's so nice to have the like camaraderie of somebody who is doing very aligned things, but we're, we don't have, we have a overlapping work, but we don't have the same goals, I think. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why it's so great to have each other as kind of somebody to bounce things off of and a brainstorm partner and things like that. And like, cause for your, what would you say your goals are with your business? That's so funny because someone just asked me that the other day because, um, candidly I got approached for someone to potentially acquire the agency. Oh, wow. Um, that's all I'll say about that, but I'm not going to do it. Okay. I haven't told them that yet. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, uh, this fine. will come out in a few weeks. So <laughs> it's fine. It's, you know, it's very, you know, it's, it was very, it's very, very preliminary conversations. It's mm-hmm. all, you know, it was kind of like first one-on-ones, but it was an, it was exciting, right? Like yeah, it kind of gives you validation. Totally. Um, and so you're like, Oh yeah, why not talk about this? Like, you know, maybe I will retire for like a year and then go. How <laughs> go back amazing and would else. that be? Right. You wouldn't know what to do with Oh yourself. my God, no. And that's part of the reason why I've decided after thinking about it, like I'm not in the space to continue a conversation with somebody about like selling my business. Yeah. Um, because of that exact question, which is, I don't know what my end goal is with building my company yet. Right. I don't think I'm supposed to really know what it is yet. I don't think any of us, or at least the situations we're in, yeah. I don't think we're supposed to know yet. I think this is part of the what should be mm-hmm. the fun of it, which mm-hmm. is building something for yourself and figuring out what that what that is for yourself right. and what it provides for other people. Um, because, you know, it can take so many different forms. Like, you start... You know, like we started specifically with PR and earned media, mm-hmm. and then we've grown to include 
social media with content development and creation and management and then now bringing on you know google ads and right. seo you know it just it's and always you probably do influencer management and influencer stuff like that too yeah. yeah which candidly is my least favorite part of the job well maybe i don't know (laughs) but that's why we have now built out a team internally to handle it right exactly (laughs) you delegate so well yeah there we go and i have a team member who loves it right so what i've learned like as i try to figure out what do i want from building this agency or whatever it is Mm -hmm. it's it's not only about me at the same time you know i've also looked at my staff internally and ask them where do you, where do you see this going? Like, I want to work with you long term. I don't want this standard one and a half two year turnover yeah. that other agencies are seeing. And so, one of my employees said, "I love influencer management." And I said, "You know what? Great, because I can't stand <laughs> I don't it. Want to. I don't want to do it. We can do it as an agency, but mm-hmm. I'm going to let you spearhead that." Yeah. And she has over the past six to eight months taken that on and really built out an influencer program for the agency. And it's so empowering for her too. Exactly. And she feels valued. Mm-hmm. Um, she feels like she's working on account work that suits her strengths and that lets her be creative yeah. and come to do something different or new every day yeah. um, and build something also for herself. So I guess that's just like an example of, you know, of, I don't really know Great what leadership in a business <laughs> because no, trust me, I do plenty wrong i should we should also talk about this while we talk about it which is you're gonna make mistakes Mm -hmm. but what i've learned is just realize when you've made the mistake Mm -hmm. um be upfront about it whether that's with the client or with your staff yeah and then just learn from it like like don't hide it (laughs) don't run from it because it's always going to come back to bite you in the ass in one way or another so this is more of like something that's covert versus overt mistake like if Mm. there was something that like happen and nobody really picked up on it but you knew Mm -hmm. that's when you're saying you just be up front and address that issue head on and get ahead of it or yeah like how do you handle that it's it's tough for me that subject is tough for me yeah it's well it's because it's a hard it's a hard one to figure out the right response because it's so like um uh it's such a not custom or like individual situation for yes for it's all it's always different Mm -hmm. i guess is the best way to put it right for whether it's a client or an employee that you're dealing with because obviously as as business owners you see much more internally and what you're dealing with on all ends of it than anyone else is seeing yeah and so you know i mean it's kind of (laughs) like it's kind of like the things that you have to you should always address things that have a direct business impact i feel like um and be very upfront in the right ways with clients or with staff because uh, you know, if you are hiding something from a client mm-hmm. and then they find out two, totally. three, four months later, you're in a much worse position than if you had been up front and said, we've made a mistake or this is something we're flagging and now we're going to fix it and make sure that we have a game plan in place to make sure Correct. it doesn't happen again or that we've put, you know, parameters in place so that, um, you know, we'll, we move on from it the right way. Yeah. A client is going to respect that a thousand times more then you're trying to backtrack, you know, weeks or months later once they've figured out what the mistake is. Yes. Um, earlier on in my career, didn't do that. Mm-hmm. And luckily, didn't have negative effects because I wasn't where I am today in terms of type of client or size of client, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. But you're also young and you're naive. I think it's expected when you're early in your career that you don't know how. I remember that when I was 22 
making mistakes right. and trying to just be like, no, I did send that yep. to you. And then yep. sending it that way. I think. Are you sure that you didn't get my email yeah, <laughs> that I definitely didn't no, send? definitely. <laughs> it's in my drafts, but it definitely sent. Um, <laughs> I definitely sent that on the timeline and on the deadline that you requested. Right. Uh, AKA did not. And now when you have (laughs) aged so finely like Uh we have, (laughs) those mistakes just are blaring and it's so easy to point out that kind of stuff. I think, I think it's more of like, you know, it's such an individual thing with each, like, and when you're working in social media or you're working in PR and you're like the areas that are our expertise and they're just... There's so much room for things to not necessarily be an error, but to either have a miscommunication Mm -hmm. or just, uh, you know, there's just, there's so many different, it's tedious. All of it's very tedious. I would say that it's pretty amazing that we don't make mistakes more yeah, yeah. (laughs) than not given exactly what you just said, especially in like today's day and age of. You know, like every day there's something new on social. Every day there's something new to to flag for a client. Every day, you know, it's it's so easy today in the world of like mass communication mm-hmm. and everything that we have at our fingertips yeah. to make more mistakes. So it's actually surprising that we don't encounter <laughs> that more, <laughs> hey, I get thankfully, um, right. knock on wood. Um, but, you know, what I was also going to say to your point is I think to that, it's also important to remember for those of us in this business we're not in an operating room. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're not protecting civilian Amen. lives. <laughs> yeah. We're not, I love what we do. I wouldn't right. do it if I didn't love it. Right. But I also know the, uh, you know, where, we, where we are on the totem pole of like what really matters. The sense it, of urgency the might sense of urgency. Um, need to <laughs> not be fire alarm exactly. when it's something that could just be one letter is off on a caption or something. Correct. Yeah. Correct. We're not saving lot. It's it's not ER, it's PR, which is That's an a eighth. great saying. Yeah, I learned is that, that I that in college. Really? I don't it's definitely I did not make it up. Okay, <laughs> cuz I was going to say genius. I've never heard it. No, no, I can't I can't trademark it. I wish I could. Yeah. Um no, I've, I a lot of people use that, but I always refer back to it because it's so simple and true. But um Do you have that it, branded in your office somewhere? No, I just say it a lot to okay. my staff <laughs> pretty much every day because uh, it's a good reminder, especially for young professionals when yeah. they're trying to be impressive and they're trying to make moves and they're trying to like show their worth. At the end of the day, it, it's not PR, it's, it's PR and we yeah. all make mistakes. It's going to happen. You learn from it and then you move on. And, and I think that's an important thing for us to remember too, um, is that we have we have kind of that, um, that cushion. Almost. Yeah. Well, and it, it doesn't mean that you skip the step, skip the step of that foundational knowledge mm-hmm. of the craft that you are doing as your career, but you just then say, if it's not, er, you know, that the urgency is not as crazy. Right. I just kind of tripped on all of my words right there. No, but, you made perfect sense. Okay, great. Thank <laughs> you. You're, you're picking up what I'm putting down, but, um, <laughs> But yeah, it's you have to have that foundational knowledge, but if you are attempting to do it to the best of your abilities after learning that and you make a mistake along the way, then it doesn't have to be this big like explosion of a problem. It can just be let's find a plan to make this mistake less often yes, going forward. Exactly. And I think at the end of the day too, learning to have more fun with yeah. what you're doing. 
I think that's also a big thing. We're that, fun people, but sometimes we have to be not fun. Yeah. I just want to be fun. Yeah, I would say the job requires you to be less fun than more fun most of the time. Right. Um, or, or when we're, when you're running it or mm-hmm. you're in that type of position and it, it kind of sucks. <laughs> 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 Let's be honest. I know. It kind of sucks. Like there, again, talking about the cons, there are a lot of days where I wake up and I say, what the fuck am I doing with yeah. my life? And again, I, I say that as if I'm in this like personal void, but then we have conversations and you realize, Oh, everyone's thinking that. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't matter if you work for yourself or somewhere yeah, else. Exactly. And yeah. if I went and like, if let's say I sold my agency and yeah. went to go work at corporate nine to five, because yeah. I thought I would feel better or, you know, make me happier. I'd be in the same exact situation. Questions still we're, exist. We're all still figuring out what it is mm-hmm. that like makes us love what we do. Right. Um, Cause we're not going to love it every day, but when you find the moments that remind you, why you do love it. I think that's what's really important to hang on to mm-hmm. and to remember and to really instill for yourself and for the people that you work with. Um, yeah, for sure. You have to hang on to that. You have I, to. It's our world is too bleak and, <laughs> and depressing to not. And you and what I've going to 2024, I told myself I cannot keep looking at work as, um, something that I can't have fun with. Yeah. Cause for too long trying to grow it and being in this position, it's just been, it hasn't been as fun as I've wished it to be. And I'm saying that out loud because mm-hmm. I've said it to myself internally, but saying it out loud, I think it's kind of like putting it out to the universe, right? Totally. And it's been a big mantra. It's a big mantra for me going into 2024 is to enjoy the work that I do and, and to really enjoy it. Um, and understand that I'm lucky to be able to do what I do and that I have the opportunity to do that. So we should take advantage of it and, um, and, find the best ways to um you know enjoy bring enjoy that what it fun into your client space and into exactly your space. like do you have any ideas of how you're going to incorporate fun like how do you change that big of a pattern i mean but what's so funny like it's such small things yeah which which um i think i learned from working and you know when you work in fast place fast-paced places like mm-hmm. new york and you you know you're on these crazy hours and um deadlines that are every single day and and fire drills every single hour, you know, like, (laughs) and then, you know, you come out of that and then you're trying to build your own culture. And honestly, it's, it's what I've learned is you will enjoy and your team will enjoy even the small things like just taking everybody out to lunch yeah, and just like not bringing your phones, not bringing your laptops and just like sharing a meal. Huge. It's huge. It sounds you so You have to take small. the phone away for a little bit. You have to. And it sounds so small. I mm-hmm. mean, another thing we did is the agency, um, we just sponsored a show, a comedian that came through mm-hmm. recently, um, oh, Alex Edelman. Yes, for, I saw that. Yeah. Um, just for us. Incredible show. He's still touring if, if this airs and goes live and, and people go look him up and he's touring in your area, go see him. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. But, you know, as an agency, we sponsored the show. And so, you know, I, you know, we, we took everybody. Um, wow. and they got tickets and they could bring their spouses, fiancés, family, people whoever they wanted. Ones, that's so nice. Yeah, like some people took five people, you know, it's like, Oh, okay. I just think that if you have the ability to do that, yeah. because you should be taking advantage of those things. Like as an agency, we're able to participate in sponsoring fun arts and entertainment shows and the clients we work with work in that space. And so, you know, it's not just about producing the deliverable for the client, but it's actually figuring out how to actually enjoy the work that you're doing and like go experience it. Yeah. Um, so I think that again, like 
they are small things. They're not life changing Mm -hmm. huge things, but I think it really does help to just flip that switch for people and at least help them find that path of finding enjoyment in, in or more enjoyment in what they're doing. Well, and if you're building that into your 2024 plans or building that out consistently, so, you know, you know, every month or every six weeks you're doing some sort of outing or you're doing, mm-hmm. I, I don't know the frequency of which you're <laughs> trying to do these things, but every, you know, there's some regularity to you instilling fun. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a big part of, you know, um, I, I don't remember, I'm not gonna say this out cause I don't remember it, but you know, they always have those polls that come out that say, you know, by the time you reach age like 30 or yeah. 23, like you've already spent the majority of your time with your siblings or like with your parents. Oh, um, I can't remember exactly what it is, but you should go look. It, it's actually very depressing. Yeah, I was but, just gonna say. I'm but what it, <laughs> but what it does is, I think, also help reframe the mindset of, you know, of understanding that the time that you spend at work, mm-hmm. because we are there, because that's how we live, we make right. a living. <laughs> um, you know, is that it is important to still be able to enjoy it and find ways to build connections through it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, yeah, we're going to work a lot. And as Americans, we work a lot. And even as Jews, we yeah, work a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jews as a subculture, we work a lot. Right. We value work. We only have one day of weekend. <laughs> right. So. We have one day of weekend. <laughs> Um, not to get too niche for the audience yeah. here, but, um, I'm sure there's a lot of Jewish yeah, probably. Um, yeah, who totally get it, but yeah. you know, it's, we put a lot of emphasis around that. And so I think it's very important that you find ways to dig into that in the right ways and to find the enjoyment in it. And mm-hmm. I'm guilty of not doing that. Um, hundred percent. Everybody is. I, I think we all should infuse our workplace with a little bit more fun and lightness mm-hmm. and happiness and connection because, not only is it just taking up so much of our time in this office or in the workspace right. or in your virtual workspace that you're working in, but it takes so much of your mental capacity outside of that too. Yep. It needs to be a place where you feel good and comfortable. And it's something that if you like you, I'm pointing at you, Jason, if you are, <laughs> you know, making that your intention to like take care of that and, Devote that time and energy and keep working at it. It's going to keep getting better in that space. You have to, like, all of us now, the royal you, like everybody else, all of us are responsible for putting that time and energy into a space and trying to make it better than than that kind of void that yeah. we sometimes feel. Totally. And, and it's a habit. It's like anything else in your life. You have to implement little steps every single day it's consistency it's a habit it's a habit it's a habit i, I saw an, an instagram post the other day yeah. that was like people think that you know they can go on a 15-day diet and change their whole life right and change their whole mindset when they've been living a very certain way for 20 years mm-hmm. or 25 years 15 days isn't going to instill an entirely new um mindset in you it's yep. it's it doesn't work like that um i think also you know, to your point too, it, it also helps you connect with, as we talk about generational stuff, mm-hmm. um, you know, and as we get older mm-hmm. and hire younger, um, I, I'll be honest, I don't get Gen Z. I, 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 <laughs> I don't, I, I, if I'm being really honest, it's hard to respect their work ethic. Like I'm just going to be honest about it. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a very big kind of like pain point 
yeah um in hiring and employment and culture totally um with that said, said totally 500 times <laughs> i apologize but i completely agree <laughs> but with that said i yeah. think part of what we're talking about is when you do things like this and you make that effort to build enjoyment or build connection through enjoying the work mm-hmm. it also helps you connect with younger generations who you work with yeah and to understand where their mindset is coming from um and i think that's also quite important um but i i I will say I, I hope that younger generations of people that work in our industry um, get on board with right. with how things really just work <laughs> and what it takes. Yeah, um, you know, to really be um, truly um, viable and successful in in, in our field. Okay, I almost said totally again. I'm going to stop myself. But <laughs> what I my question for you too is like. Sometimes I feel like a Gen Z hater because what you're saying of get on board, you kind of, this is, this is life. Mm -hmm. You have to work. We all need to work together in order for this ship to keep moving, you know? But then I'm like, do they have a point? Should I have been asking for more out of, I, I, I'm trying to understand their vantage point and see if there's a way that I can bring it into my, you know, I, I sometimes hate on them because I feel like, well, I didn't have that. So why should you have that? And, um, but I also am like, life is freaking hard and you're going to have to make the most of it, of what you have control over. So I don't know. Right. What are your thoughts on that? I, I think it's twofold. I think that you're not, a you're not being a good leader or business owner mm-hmm. if you're not listening to you know, younger generation's point of view and requests or expectations out of a workplace Mm -hmm. because you have to take into account what the younger workforce is looking for and what they're going to respond to. And if you don't do that, then you can't build a successful business because it only gets younger and younger. But what I think what we're seeing, and I I think we saw an overcorrection of this is that, is that businesses and business leaders kind of just took everything um at face value that was coming Mm -hmm. from gen z and younger Mm -hmm. and implemented i think a little too much of that mindset um or trying to meet that expectation for them and i just don't think that that's a smart ideology when it comes to running a business because at a certain point too you have to look at yourself as from your own experience from what you went through and from the culture you're trying to build and um, and balance the two. Like I, I think one big thing that I agree with and that we've taken um, that we that we take very seriously mm-hmm. at our agency at JMF is that um, we're in at nine or I'll say my staff because it's yeah. different for us as yeah. business owners, but they're in at nine and they leave at five latest five fifteen. Wow. And, and I'm very, very strict about that. Again, because you have to set the boundaries when it comes to that. Mm-hmm. Like Gen Z, I mean, even millennials, but especially Gen Z and younger um, have very clear expectations about this is my work and it ends at a very specific point of the day, especially if you're paying me X amount. Mm-hmm. And I completely agree. Right. I am not. So we're going to have that boundary put out there immediately. Right. And and you are correct. You are getting paid for a very specific set and amount of time of work. And I completely am on board with that. Right. What I what I'm not on board with is um, is taking everything that a younger generation says at face value who hasn't 
been in the workforce for a very long time who doesn't understand what it takes to run a business and just implement willy nilly, um, you know, what they think is the right thing to do. I think that there has to be a balance. And if you find that balance, then you can come to a nice little middle ground Mm -hmm. um, where everyone succeeds because everyone feels heard and seen. Um, You find respect, they find respect, and then you can create kind of that um, happy workplace culture. That, uh, do you need a TED talk? This is great. <laughs> have I mean, you had one before? Because I if you haven't, I, I feel like that's a missed opportunity. I haven't. But like, I'll also probably, when we end this recording, be like, I don't even know what I just said. <laughs> <laughs> and I will listen to it when it comes out and not remember anything that was said um, during that hour period. That's okay. At all. Well, <laughs> I, I think you have a TED talk on the horizon and I would like to listen to it and the funny thing is with this this could have gone so many different directions too we could talk about workplace culture of working for ourselves which is kind of what we've done Mm -hmm. but i also think like we could have just gone through pop culture stories and rattled off our take something we could have talked about food this entire time we could have we could have gone to so many different avenues and things about it this is more of the dense realities of working for yourself but yep. we have that in common, and it's important. And a lot of people are interested in working for themselves, so we have to put it all out there, I think. Yeah, 100%. And if this means that I have to come back for a round two and I have to put that yeah. into, out into the universe. and I'd and, love to go um, ahead and book you. <laughs> <laughs> what if you manifest two podcast oh, episodes in the, 2024? Then my 2024 like bingo card would be full. I would be, wow. I would be so happy and wow. fulfilled with 2024. We can even bring it to go order from Daily Tune. That sounds to our Keller amazing. Williams studio. Oh, French fries with the pear. Oh yeah. Oh, oh love yes, that. and good coffee. Oh, their juices too. So I, good. Everything. Fresh it's juices. Fresh juices. It's. I feel so healthy and nourished when I'm there. I can't even. Um. All right. Where can everybody follow you? Plug your stuff. Oh my God. You know, that's such a funny question because as business owners, you probably experience this too. Mm-hmm. Probably less you because you know, you like are on a podcast and you like put yourself out there in that I'm way. Trying. But, um, agency owners are usually really bad at promoting themselves Yeah, and the agency. Well, <laughs> no, but that, I think that's a sign of good business because yeah. you don't have time to promote yeah, yourself. Fair, and fair. trust me, I, I would be promoting myself so much more if I didn't have all the other businesses. <laughs> that's very fair. I will yeah. say the best way you can find me or reach us is, um, Instagram, which is, uh, at JMF communications. Okay. And then I'm just going to give my email because I'm yeah. always down to answer an email and it's, it's my initials. It's J M F. So Jason Max Feldman, JMF101 at gmail.com. Wow. I might regret that, but <laughs> Wonderful. we'll see. We'll see. If there's any spammy ones, just delete them. Yeah, we don't have to go. reply to everything. <laughs> um, thank you so much for being on today. Like, you're a man about town, and for you to be able to sit down with me, it makes me feel so great, and I just love talking to you all the time but especially on this episode so thank you of course it's one of my favorite things is whenever we get to sit and talk with each other and i I was going to say this early on the episode but how you referenced me as a man about town i remember being miles away in boston and new york and i always was hearing sky astroff sky astroff sky astroff (laughs) and i was like i've never met the sky astroff and it wasn't until i moved back to atlanta and i was like i get it I totally get it. And so I've just been, it's been an amazing thing to be able to move back and be able to build um, our relationship Agreed. together on many different levels. Yes. Um, and I just, it, it just, it's, it's, it's amazing. And it's something that I value very much. So I'm just so glad and thankful that you brought me on to chat with you today. Thank you, Jason. <laughs> that was so sweet. All right. Well, 
if you know if we want to go into a different direction next time we can do that too but thank you again all right bye thank you so much for listening join me every tuesday for a new episode of sky's the limit available wherever you listen to podcasts you can follow along in the meantime on instagram at sky.estroff or sky-estroff.com see you next week